Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. This morning we come before your throne of grace, Lord, your throne of mercy. We come to find grace to help us. And Father, we come with our worship, we come with our praise. And my prayer as a Heavenly Father, receive the praise and the worship that is due you and that which we bring to you. Because Lord, you deserve all our praise. You deserve all our lives and everything that is within us, my God, you deserve it. And so this morning we hallow your name in this place. And we declare that, Lord, your name is sanctified in this place. We honor your name and we honor you in this house. You are our God, Elohim. We give you praise this morning. And Father, we thank you for your power that is at work in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. We thank you that, Lord, by your power, we will not be limited. We will not be confined. Your blessings, my God, shall be upon your people, O oh God, without measure. Because this is your will, that it may be well with your people. We gather once again, Lord, in your name. In no other name but in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Father, your word clearly tells us where two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst of them. And so we know you are here. Pray, Spirit of the living God, that Lord, you speak through this vessel of clay to the understanding, not just the hearing, Lord, but to the understanding, my God, of every spirit in this house, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, this morning. I pray that let there be an impartation of that grace that we speak about today. And Father, let every life in this place, my God, be transformed, be renewed, O oh God, in the place, my God, of your understanding of what your grace really means for us. Be glorified and be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together and give the Lord a praise. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You're welcome to Liberty Center of the Lord's Garden Ministries. Amen. And this is a wonderful Sunday morning and we are giving glory to God. Amen. Amen. This morning I'm ministering a message which I think is very personal, very, very personal to me. And I pray that it becomes very personal also to, to you. Amen. I'm talking about God's amazing grace. God's amazing grace. You know, um, on the 2nd of September this past week, marks the second year of my renal transplant. And I just, I just, I just thank God. I, I just thank God. And when I look back on all my life, all I can say is amazing grace. The grace of God has been truly, truly, truly amazing over my life and for my life and for my family. Amen. 
So that's why I said this message is very personal to me. I have broken out in tears as I was penning the word down. Because I stand this morning before you and indeed before all of you um, on the net as a product of God's amazing grace. Amen. I, I really do. And I am truly humbled. Sometimes I just don't understand it. I, I, my mind can't wrap around it. Why? But that is what grace is. Yes, grace is that which you can never understand. It doesn't give reason. The only thing is that God's grace, God's mercy has found you. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Amen. For all my life, but particularly from 1987 to 2020, for these past 30 my math is not very good, but I think 33 years of my life has been grace, pure grace, amazing grace. Amen. If I, my mind goes back from stillbirth to cancer to lupus to kidney problems to hip problems, crutches, hip replacement, cataract, eye surgery, um, kidney surgery, I mean, I mean, 33 years of God's amazing grace. And this morning, my heart as I stand here is that may God also show you the same grace. May God's mercy be upon you even more than he has shown me. And I want to tell somebody who's going through any challenge today, whether, whatever it is, yours may not be sickness, but whatever challenge that you are going through, I want to tell you that the grace of God is available. And the grace of God is sufficient. And that grace of God is here. And that grace of God is with you daily. Hallelujah. The grace of God. The amazing grace of God. God bless you. Please be seated in the presence of God. This one, those at home, God bless you. Receive the grace of God. You know, we often sing the song, Amazing Grace. And when I listen to the title, or when I think about the title, it is true. The grace is amazing. Amen. Grace is amazing. As I said, in the sense that you cannot understand, you cannot understand it. Um, why it should be so. Why it should be. And you surely don't deserve it. You are not better than others. As I said, you cannot often understand why it should be. You know, and um, for me, I don't. I often ask God, what is this? What are you doing? What does all this mean? These 33 years. But I can just, you know, just humble myself and allow him to do what he wants to do. Some of it has been very, very painful. Some of it has been in rejoicing. But through it all, I can say for sure that God has been with me, my husband, and my family. He has really shown himself strong on our behalf. The song Amazing Grace, let me get to the sermon before I become emotional. The song Amazing Grace was written by John Newton, a man who also, I believe, didn't understand why this grace of God fell upon his life. This man's life was very checkered, a very checkered life. He was born to a father and a mother. His father, he said, was Catholic. His mother was Anglican. And when his mother gave birth to him, his mother's desire 
was that he would be an Anglican priest. And I believe that's how she was raising him until she died and left him at six. She, he was only six when his mom died. And so he lived with his dad and his stepmom and his stepmother, they said, was very indifferent to him. Finally, they took him to boarding school where he was really mistreated. By 11, that boy quit schooling. He was on a ship working with his dad as a ship apprentice, 11 years. I don't think that would have happened if his mother was alive. But life has its twists and turns. Sometimes you get what you deserve. Sometimes you don't get what you deserve. But that's life. So this young boy on the ship was very stubborn, very, very kind of recalcitrant kind of person. Couldn't handle him. Very disobedient person. And he was one person that, even at a point in time, denied his faith in God and said that God was a myth. Under the influence of a friend, he came to the, this decision that God is a myth. <laughs> then he had a near-death experience at sea, became converted, but that didn't stop him. He kept on misbehaving, finally became a slave trader, traded in, was one of the people who were very much involved in the slave trade. And if you're involved in the slave trade, you can imagine there are many people that died through the trade at his hands. He said that he, he had a very foul mouth and he had the, the gift of creativity. Before he started writing godly hymns, could write obscene poems. Don't stretch your mind, you are in church. <laughs> Pardon me. Very profane guy. <laughs> Pardon me. The list goes on and on and on about John Newton. But finally, the end of the battle that this man was changed. He became changed and became an Anglican priest. Newton, obviously, after his conversion, after he became a priest, looked back on his life and he realized that no, God's grace had been upon him because he didn't deserve, if anybody deserved to be a priest, it wasn't him. But if anyone deserved to live, it wasn't him. Look at how bad his life had been. Look at the blessing of God upon his life. All he could come out with was amazing grace. The grace of God upon him had been amazing. He recognized as pure grace. Nothing he had done to deserve it wasn't worth it, but God had given it to him. And that is what grace is. We don't deserve it. We don't qualify for it. In fact, when he wanted to become an Anglican priest, the first archbishop rejected him. Said, you, you have not been to university, and your, your testimony is bad. We can't take you. But eventually, another uh, earl got another priest to, to ordain him as an Anglican priest. Amen. And so he wrote this song, Amazing Grace. And this hymn, I believe, was a testimony of God's grace upon him. And it was also a testimony of how God forgives. God's forgiveness, God's redemption, and the ability of God to help us through anything in life. Even the most troubling things in life, that ability of God to help us through everything, every issue, every situation. And so he wrote the song, Amazing Grace, and it's been, I would say, a hit since then. Amen. This was, I think, in the 1700s, long, long time ago. And so we 
I believe all of us can testify about this amazing grace of God I'm talking about. If we find ourselves where we are at today, in any way, even being alive itself, is just pure grace. It's the amazing grace. The near accidents, the sicknesses that took your friends away but kept you, even in this coronavirus pandemic, how many people have died the world over, and still we are alive. All we can say is thank you, God, for your grace. Hallelujah. Oh, put your hands together. If you are clapping, you can do better than that. Amen. And the subject of grace is something that I believe every believer ought to understand. We really need to understand it in order to be able to grow in grace. Because the Bible says we should grow in the grace. Amen. But if you look at all of Paul's epistles, he always starts with a salutation. And I, I, I looked at that and I said, no, this is not just a salutation, but it is a prayer. Because it, for every letter he wrote to all the churches, he will say grace and peace from the Lord God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. To every letter he would write that. And often he will also end it with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So he will begin with grace and end with grace. I just want to read a few. Romans 1.7. He says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.3. He says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And you find that in all his 13 epistles. Okay, and he would also end it saying, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Because he himself was a product or a beneficiary of God's grace. He said, he said, I was cuted the church. I was a murderer. That's what he used to do. Before God's grace found him, arrested him on that road to Damascus and changed him. And then he became even, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say chief of apostles, but he wrote most of the, of the New Testament. If that is not grace, I don't know what you call it, because he was never even among the 12 when Jesus was alive. Amen. But then look at this. That's why we say, Paul, our man, Tempo, say, for. Because, and it was just because of God's grace. Hallelujah. You see, God's relationship with us is just summarized by grace. If we look at our relationship with God, God's relationship with us, all the summary of God's relationship with us is grace. In that God loves us. God accepts us as we are. None of us was perfect or none of us even still are perfect, but God loves us just as we are. Just like that. He loves you. Even the sinner, God loves the sinner. He doesn't love their sin, but he loves the sinner. God loves you just as you are. Somebody said, monkey no fine, people like, people like him. God likes you how you are. Maybe you look at the mirror, you look in the mirror, and you don't like your nose, but God loves your nose. He thinks your nose is amazing. Amen. So God likes you as you are. People can criticize you. I say God loves you just the way you are. Amen. He loves you just the way you are. Whatever your imperfections are, he by himself will make perfect in due time. Do I have people who are listening to me this morning? Amen. But what I'm saying is that God loves us just as we are. God accepts us. God, you know, he, he embraces us. In spite of ourselves. And 
and found Sandia near what Nacopon Dawson out, and their friend Yammy, not domino, a domino, amen. God loves us all, and He's so kind to us, amen. Oh, who ye mobble or doye no, who ye mobble. And if I read John, first John 4 9 to 10, it says, In this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And Bible says, Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. He says that this is the love of God. Hallelujah. We were in, in sin, in the mud, but still he loved us enough to, to take us and to give his only begotten son as a propitiation for our sin. Amen. It wasn't that we were deserving. And that is what I call grace, the grace of God. Our salvation is by grace. Amen. You see, God, we are saved by grace. In fact, the book of Ephesians chapter 2, he says that it is by grace that we are saved. Not of our works, lest any man should boast. God's salvation for our life, the fact that you are saved today, is because of grace. Not that you were better than somebody. So that you cannot look at an unbeliever and begin to judge that unbeliever. Because you were there before. But God's grace found you. Amen. Amen. Oh, if you are listening, clap your hands. The person can't help themselves. It will take the grace of God to save the sinner. Amen. That's why it's so important that we should pray for one another. We should pray for people rather than just point fingers, and judge them. So it is the grace of God that has saved us. Salvation is of grace. Grace is also unmerited favor. Grace is unmerited favor. Amen. When I say unmerited favor, that means that a favor that comes upon you, even though you don't qualify, even though you don't deserve it. Amen. Ephesians 1, from verse 1 to 7, I want to read the Apostle Paul. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints that are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Amen. So before you, you became you, God had already chosen you. Before you were born, God had already handpicked you that this one is mine. And that is grace because it didn't matter how you were coming out, he had already chosen you. And he said that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the pleasure of his goodwill. According to God's pleasure has he selected you. I say always that you are a designer's selection. God has actually selected you by his own pleasure. And, and I, I, I like to say that, you see, God doesn't need anybody's counsel to bless you, to help you, to choose you. 
He does it according to his own pleasure. And praise be to God that everything that comes out of the heart of God is God's goodness. And we should be thankful for that. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. He said that to the praise and the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. God has accepted us. You know, it takes favor for you to be accepted because sometimes you may have it all, but still people will accept you. But it's the favor of God that has accepted us to become his children. And that favor comes out of God's grace. Amen. It comes purely out of God's grace. When you are accepted by God, that means you are highly favored by God. Every one of you here and those at home, I'm telling you that you are highly favored by God. You, you are favored by God. And I don't want the, the enemy to say anything to you for you to really pay mind to him. Because no matter how life is, if only you have received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, know that God has actually handpicked you. He has favored you. You are favored above all people. The angel said to Mary, Hail, thou art highly favored. Amen. The grace of God is upon you. Amen. So this one, beloved, you are favored by God, by your salvation itself. There's a favor of God resting upon your life. And by reason of that favor, you will increase from grace to grace, from glory to glory. Do I have a people in this house this morning? Put your hands together. And put your hands together and give God a praise. And, and that same grace, that same favor makes way for you and I. Hallelujah. In fact, Bible says that for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That even though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So that you through his poverty might become rich. It was grace. It was grace that took Jesus to the cross. Because the Bible said, you know, scarcely for a righteous man, someone would die. But Christ died for us when we were still sinners. It was his grace that made him take your curse and give you his blessing. That same grace took our poverty so that we might become rich. I mean, who would take somebody's poverty so that they'll be rich? How many of you will say, oh, I'll take your poverty and you take all my riches? Nobody does that. But Christ did it out of pure love, out of pure grace for our lives. Amen. The grace of God is truly amazing. That same grace brings to us ability and strength. The grace of God gives you ability and strength. I think it was last year, one day God said to me that every day, call upon me for grace. He said, draw upon, yeah, there was, said, draw upon my grace. And especially in times when things are difficult for you, say, Lord, I draw from your grace. And I, I said, Lord, I draw from your grace. Then I get strength. Then knowledge comes. Then wisdom comes. Direction comes. Because at that point when you say, Lord, I, I draw from your grace, you are drawing from the strength of God, the ability of God, the wisdom of God, the help of God. Whatever you cannot do by yourself, that ability and strength of God, that grace of God enables us to do. Hallelujah. So let no man say, I am helpless. In Christ, we are never helpless. We are helped. I say we are helped. Hallelujah. Grace is that enabling power of God that helps you to do what you cannot do by yourself. Ordinarily, there are things that you cannot do, but when the grace of God hits your life, you will be able to do. Amen. You will just do it. You will know why and how you do it 
Somebody said, oh, how do you do this thing? I don't know. You don't know. Why? It's because it's coming out of the ability and strength. Are you understanding me? Hallelujah. If, let me give an example. You know, Samson, Bible talks about Samson that he was very, very, very strong. And I mean, he was so strong that he could do many things. Why? It was a grace upon him. It wasn't by himself because the day that grace left him, he became like an ordinary man. He became ordinary. But when you have grace at work in your life, you are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. You are more than a conqueror. And it is that grace that gives us that enabling power to forge ahead in life. Through storm, through rain, through fire. It is that grace. Without it, we cannot make it. And so God supplies that grace in abundance. Once he saved you, he grants you the grace to go from day to day, year by year, you know, through hard times, through good times, through the storms of life, is the grace of God that enables us. Amen. By grace, we are able to do more than we could ever think or even ask for. The Apostle Paul said that, I am the least of the apostles, 1 Corinthians 15. Said, and I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. He said, I'm the least of them. But, somebody say but. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, but the grace of God has made me what I am. Are you understanding me? Amen. And he said, and his grace was bestowed upon me, that he bestowed upon me, was not in vain. When God also put his grace upon him, God didn't put upon him in vain. He also labored with the grace. Are you understand? When the grace of God comes upon your life, you don't say, oh, the grace of God is upon my life. That's it. No. He said it wasn't in vain. He labored with the grace. Whatever ability, whatever giftings, whatever strength God has given us by his grace, we are not just to have the grace and just have it for having sake. We are to labor with it. We are to work with it. Amen. So that it will manifest and, and bring glory to God and also bring glory to your own life. Are we getting it? Amen. And that grace, Paul said, is sufficient. The sufficiency of God's grace is amazing. Because he says that, you know, God gave him so much revelation. And he was working miracles to the point where people wanted to, you know, glorify him. And there was a temptation for him to also be puffed up, to be proud. Now, God put a thorn in his flesh. He said, God put a thorn in his flesh so that he will not be exalted above measure. And he prayed three times that God, take this thorn from me. Take this thorn out of my flesh. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Did God take the thorn? God didn't take the thorn, but he gave him the grace to survive. He gave him the grace to do all that he was supposed to do. All that he was called to do. Even in prison, he was still doing the work of God. He was in prison for doing the work of God, but continued in prison. And did even more in prison than he probably would have done if he wasn't in prison. 
You see, that is what the grace is. When the grace of God is upon your life, you can be locked down, locked up, still there will be a performance in your life. Men can try to push you down, but you will, you, you will not be pushed down. Hallelujah. Because that grace will work wherever you are. Amen. And so somebody will say, oh, I need to go to Iceland to make it. You don't need to go to Iceland to make it. Right here in my village, you can make it. Because when the grace of God is upon you, it doesn't matter where you are. That grace will cause you to, to shine. That grace will cause you to burst forth. Amen. To break through. Hallelujah. That is what the grace of God does. He said, I, I got this thorn in my flesh. And that thorn, that said, it was a, it's a thorn of Satan to buffet him, to trouble him. But did he give up because of the thorn in his flesh? No, he didn't give up. And God also gave him the strength and the ability. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Maybe there's something not quite right in your life. Maybe there's something not perfect in your life. Indeed, there's nothing perfect about everybody. But there's something maybe that bothers you. That is not the end of your life. Neither should it be the end of the story. Circumvent that thing and do other things. Whilst God puts that one together. I, do I have a listening people this morning? May the grace of the Lord be upon you. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And he said to you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. So you, are, you think you are weak, but my grace will give you strength that will enable you to do all that you are able to do. And so Paul says, so because of that, he glories in his infirmities. Amen. Not in his strength, but in his infirmities. Because he knows that even when he's weak through God and the grace of God, he's strong. Hallelujah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a mighty clap offering. I love how the Amplified writes it. He says that three times I called upon the Lord and besought him about this and begged that it might be depart from me. But he said to me, my grace, my favor, loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. That's how the Amplified explains it. He says that my favor, menimpa Amen. So that you'll be able to bear trouble manfully. The strong S of people are not those who say they are strong when there's no problem. Strong people are those who are able to weather storms. And victorious people are those who have fought a battle and won. Amen. Can't just sit at home you know, just having kebabs and people are going to war and they come back and say, I have the victory. You'd have nothing. You have not been tested. You've not gone through the fire. You've not gone through the mill. But when you go through the mill, that grace of God will be upon your life. And that grace is sufficient to bring you to the place of victory. Hallelujah. The sufficiency of God's grace is available in every area of your life. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, Amen. God's grace is available. And in this um, coronavirus pandemic season where everybody's shouting and there's no money and there's no money and everything, God's sufficiency, the sufficiency of God's grace is able to make you abound. Hallelujah. Amen. Second Corinthians 9, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things 
may abound unto every good work. The sufficiency of God's grace is able to make you abound, to make you increase, even in coronavirus time. Amen. Even in hard times, even in time of famine. The Bible says that you will laugh at famine. Why will you laugh at famine? Because the grace of God will be there for you. Hallelujah. We, 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 are, we are not just products of God's grace, but we are recipients of God's grace, not once in a while, not sometimes, but always, always. Every day that you wake up, the grace of God, new grace, is renewed, is brought afresh on you. And if only you understand it and tap into it and not rely on your own strength, because that's where we fail. We rely on our own ability. Oh, if I can't do it, then that means I said, no, draw on God's ability. Ask God for grace. Pray to God for grace. And whatever you can't do, whatever you have not been able to overcome, be there temptations, bad habits, bad lifestyle. Because sometimes, like Paul said, there are things you do you don't want to do. There are things you want to do, you can't even find the strength to do it. What do you do? Grace. That grace of God. When you receive that grace of God, the things that you want to do that you don't find the strength to do, you'll be able to do. The things that you don't want to do that you keep on doing, when you call on God for his grace, that grace will give you the strength to get out of it. Hallelujah. That grace brings that power, even for ministry and for every work. The book of Acts chapter 4 gives an account of a time when the disciples were beaten and locked up and they brought them out and they beat them and they warned them not to preach in the name of Jesus again. What had they done? Nothing but it was because Peter and John healed that lame man at the beautiful gate in Acts chapter 3. And they said that don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Why? Because so as long as they continue to preach in the name of Jesus, they were more or less saying that these people have murdered the Messiah. So they said, okay, don't talk about Jesus anymore. They put them in jail, then when they released them, I would say they went back to where they stayed. And they prayed again and said, Lord, listen, see how we are being treated. They prayed and said, now we are asking you that once again, release the power of your spirit. Release a fresh anointing upon us. Amen. So that we can boldly preach your word and that signs and wonders and miracles may be done through the name of your son, Jesus. Because we will not listen to man, we will listen to God. That was their boldness. They, they believed in the grace of God, that the grace of God would enable them to overcome all these challenges. And truly, Bible says, when they had prayed that prayer, they were all filled once again with the Holy Ghost. And there was a second infilling after Acts 2. And Bible said they continued to speak the word of God with freedom and with boldness and with courage and more signs, and more wonders, and more miracles were done by them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do not allow anything to stop you. This was for ministry, but for some people, it could be in your business, it could be in your job, whatever it is, the enemy will always raise things to try to stop you. Trust me, if you are doing anything good, the enemy will rise up against you. He always does, because he's adverse. That's what the Bible calls him, the adversary. He's adverse to anything good in your life. He will rise up against your family, rise up against your, your life, your marriage, your ministry, everything good in your life. The enemy will try to stop you, but you have to draw upon the grace of God. 
that enabling power of God, that strength of God, that ability of God that is beyond your ability. And by that grace, by that strength, you will overcome. If you do more than you did before. Is somebody with me? You do more than you did before. Bible says, and with great strength and ability and power, after they had been beaten, after they had been locked up and released, now with great strength and power and ability, that means they receive a new ability. I have prayed today that may you all receive a new ability in your life. Where there has been inability, may God grant you a new ability, fresh strength, new strength. May you be better than you used to be before this message because of the grace of God that is being released upon your life this morning. Somebody, if you are receiving, put your hands together and say, thank you, Jesus. He said that with great strength, ability, and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace, loving kindness, favor, and goodwill rested richly upon them all. Great strength, ability, and power. What can't you do with that? Great strength, ability, and power. You cannot be hemmed in. Believer, I say you cannot be hemmed in. No. The enemy cannot hem you in. There's something in you. The giftings and the ability of God in you. There's someone also within you that cannot hem you in. That you cannot be hemmed in. You cannot be confined. The enemy will try to confine you. He used all kinds of tactics, but nothing is beyond the grace of God. Nothing is stronger than God's grace. And we will live in the grace of God. We will receive the grace of God. We will increase by the grace of God. We shall multiply exceedingly by the grace of God. Let him cast every arrow. Those arrows will be dealt with by the grace of God. Listen, we can find God's grace every day for whatever you need God's grace for. It is to be found. Hallelujah. It is to be found. I love this scripture in Hebrews chapter 4. I love the verse 14 all the way down to 16. He says that seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed away to the heavens, Jesus Christ, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession or confession, the same thing. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast what we, we believe, what we say. And holding fast means don't let go. You, can, you should never let go your profession, your confession, your faith because of situations. No, 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 you can't do that. You will sink. Amen. You know, I love boxing. Why? Because when I see the boxers, boxers they'll give them one on the jaw, pam. And you know how when they are, they are showing boxing, especially, I mean, normal boxing, you don't even see it, but when it's a movie, when they hit them, they see the water, or blood. It's very dramatic. And they won't stop. Rocky. Who has watched on that? The more they are beating, the more he's going. I said, oh, tenacity. But that is tenacity. Grace to finish. We are not giving up. We cannot give up. Amen. Because we have grace. The grace of God upon our lives. And that grace will enable us. 
So he said that seeing that we have a high priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. To whom shall we go? Where else can you go? After this, where else can you go? Which one? To whom shall we go? He said that, he says that, for we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmity. And that's what I really love about this scripture. Our high priest, he can be touched by what we feel. You see, there are some people who are not touched by your problems. So. Sometimes you go to somebody and you start singing your dirge. So, Sabu are singing Lamentations, maybe chapter 89. And they are consistently telling people their issues. And these people just don't care. They don't care. They hear it goes here, it comes out of there. If you are giving them fuel for fire, you know what fuel for fire is? Subject to gossip. Fuel to make fire. They don't care. Because they don't feel what you feel. But Bible says our high priest, yes, so for paying Jesus, no. Or what thing come Or thing come what are you going through that Jesus didn't go through? Rejection, sorrow. What did, what did he's been through it? But Bible says, yet without sin. And so and because of that, Bible says he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He empathizes. He gets into what you are going through. He understands it. He understands you. And because of that, you can be sure that he'll get you out of it. You didn't put your hands together. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the fire. The, Jesus said fire away and said, Shadi. <laughs> And Messi, Munya Butre, Mwaiba, no. He went into the fire with them. He was in the fire with them. The king said, ah, Didn't we put in three men? But I see a fourth man, and his form is like that of the Son of God. Our high priest empathizes with us, he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And Bible said, Because of that, He's able to succor us. He's able to help us. So he said, because he can be touched the feeling of our infirmities, Bible says, so we should come boldly. He said, therefore, let us come boldly. We can come boldly to him because we know that he cares. Let us come, therefore, boldly unto the throne of grace. The throne of grace. You see, the throne of God is a throne of grace. One day I was sitting down and I was just musing in my mind, you know, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it just clicked me that 
before the New Testament, the throne of God was a throne of judgment, a throne not of mercy, <clears throat> because by the Ten Commandments, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, fire falling, the earth opening, people being taken in. It was instant judgment. But the throne of God by Christ Jesus and according to the teachings of Christ to us, as to, to us that we should understand that God is our Father, one that loves his children, pities us, has mercy on us. You fall, he picks you up. You mess yourself, he cleans you up. His throne is a throne of grace. He said we should come boldly to that throne. Come boldly to that throne. If you missed it, I said, I missed it, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Genuine repentance. Come back. Come to the throne of grace. And that grace is always available to help you, to take you, to restore you. And if you are even dying to resuscitate you, the grace of God. Amen. So, beloved, in knowing these things and understanding these things, one thing that we ought to do is to grow in the grace. And how do we grow in that grace of God? Because as I said, grace is not bought, not deserved. It's just a favor of God. As you come closer to him, as you get closer to the Lord, in prayer, in word, in fellowship, in relationship, you experience grace upon grace. I mean, it comes to a point that thing is like, it's just open, like an open field. Two minutes. Yesterday, yesterday, Pastor Francis said something to me, Pastor Francis Faye. I asked him to buy something for me for America. He's coming tonight. And yesterday after he called me, he said, oh, Apostle, you know, I, I, I ordered it, but when they were, they said they don't have it, so maybe I'll do it. And I said, Pastor Francis, no, no worries. I don't want you to even stress. You just come. About two hours later, he calls me and said, Apostle, you can't believe what's happened. I said, what happened? He said, I, I, I just felt within my spirit to go to another place. When I got there, the whole place was packed, and you couldn't go without an appointment. I had no appointment. So I stood there, about 20 people you know, around me, and as I stood there, I said, oh, Lord, please help me. He said, as he was driving there, he said, oh, Lord, please help me. He said, when, as he stood there, a lady from the back just got up and walked made a beeline straight to him, straight to him, and said, can I help you, sir? He didn't have, he didn't have an appointment. They said, yes, I want this. I want this. So let me talk to my managers. She went, called the managers, they come, and the managers said, yes, we have exactly what you want, the quantity you want. And they said, well, because there's a queue here and everybody's been waiting and you don't have an appointment, just pick your phone and pretend like you are showing us your, 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 your queue number so we can save it. So he opened his phone, they just kind of looked at it, and then they gave it to him. Is this not grace? And the story doesn't even end there. Then the lady who came to him straight said, where are you going? He said, where are you going? He said, Ghana. She said, I knew it. I knew it. He said, I, I, I wanted to go to Ghana last year. I couldn't. And I wanted to go to th this year to Ghana. But I'll go next year. But you see, 
How, how surreal. If this is not grace, I don't know what you call it. But I'm telling you something, church, and those of you online, that that grace of God will help you. Help will come. Solution will come. Strength will come. Health will come. Whatever you need will come by reason of grace. So don't despair. We will draw on God's grace. Daily, we will say, Lord, I need your grace for this one too. More grace. More grace. Hallelujah. And this one, the Holy Spirit respect to me that, have you realized that the whole Bible ends on the note, Revelations 22, 21, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That is how the whole Bible ends. So that means that the summation of Genesis to Revelation, God concludes it by saying, receive grace. Receive grace. And that grace answers all things. I don't know. It is say May God's grace help you. You are struggling with something. Listen, it will not be forever. It won't be forever. Nothing is permanent apart from God. I stand here to testify. I have walked with two crutches before. Couldn't walk. I, I used to sit behind the pulpit. I've been there. You saw it. Could you ever imagine a day will come when I'll be in my heels? No. And I'm even going to get higher ones to help my height, to help my heart, and to annoy the devil. You know, grace. So today you may be seeing something that you think is the worst, is the end, but it is not. The devil is a liar. I said, The devil is a liar. Say, The devil is a liar. So don't let your spirit go down. Don't let your spirit go down. Keep your spirit up. Keep your spirit up. Because grace will always make a way. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands this morning. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.